This is the Salvationist Podcast. I'm Kristen Austinson. Fabio Russo is the friendly face that greets you when you arrive at the Salvation Army's Harbor Light facility in Vancouver. He's been working at the front desk for about five years now, but before that, he was a client himself. In this episode of the Salvationist podcast, Fabio shares his recovery journey and how Harbor Light's play program played a pivotal role. Hi, Fabio. Welcome to the Salvationist podcast. Thank you. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. (laughs) Uh, First off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Sure. Uh, Grew up in Montreal, born and raised, 1974, a long time ago. (laughs) Um, I, for the most part, have been a worker all my life. Uh, Mm. You know, regular schooling, never exceeded high school. So, in my younger years... Being in Montreal, big city, I, uh, I've worked with my dad all my life. And since the age of six, every summer I would go and work with him. And what kind of work was that? Uh, steel. Okay. Steel industry. We yeah. uh, would manufacture garage doors, industri- all the way from resi- residential to industrial. And I pretty much always grew uh, with older people. Like uh, all the colleagues, 20 years older, 30, 40 years older. And that was my uh, uprising. Uh, I was surrounded by older people. And of course, well, that led to uh, some kind of a disaster. <laughs> Meaning okay. that, you know, I've... Uh, I've I've wanted to be accepted with the olders, and you know I I started hanging around with them more than often, and then uh, addiction kicked in. It it was mostly a, a choice that I made. I mean, I am in the addiction world right now. I'm still living it, still recovering, and uh, being here at Salvation Army Harbor Light made me realize that there's so many classifications of addiction and i'm no better than anyone else but it was my choice ultimately it wasn't because of my past of any stories that we hear you know um but because of that i think that led me to prolong it for like 30 years plus you know thinking that i got everything under control Mm-hmm. And then 2012 came, well, and then I founded a beautiful family, two beautiful kids, Tristan and Stella. And 2012, rock bottom came, as we say in recovery. Mm-hmm. 20 years prior to that, I came down with Kiddo's mom here in Vancouver, and I loved it. And then when rock bottom hit, the first thing that came to my thoughts were, um, I need to move. I need to get away from here because it'll be that or it'll be my end. So I said, okay, well, I'm going back to Vancouver. I guess it was wishful thinking, thinking that this <laughs> would bring back my family together. 
Right. But it did not happen. <laughs> so I came here, lasted a few years, still in addiction. And one night, the night before I came here in Vancouver Harbor Lake, I was walking on Habit Street and this guy came out of a bar. Very serious man, tall guy, six foot four, I would say. And I was active addiction. And I came face to face with him. And he looked at me straight in the eyes. He came out of the bar and he wasn't all drunk or anything. He just looked at me straight in the eyes and he said, hey, bud, it's never too late. I remember that moment and it just, okay, whatever. And I just continued my path. The next day I met Simon Rosengarten, which is an employee. I was kind of wrecked, but uh, he sat down beside me and I knew him because I had been using the shelters. And he told me, you know, Fabio, there's other solutions and you know, you don't have to live this. On the third day, the morning, I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I'll call detox. So I went to detox, came here, stayed for 10 days. I met Darcy McCarthy, who's an awesome lady. And she really guided me and she, she made me stay. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have stayed. I'm pretty sure of that. And then I joined treatment. I did my one year full. I had, to my opinion, the best counselor ever, Lila Barami. She's not here with us anymore, but she is an amazing lady. And, uh, and then I did my one year treatment. And I would hope that my work ethic got brought them to say, hey, let's give this guy a chance and give him a job. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. that will make my father proud. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> everything I learned is from him, work ethics. And here I am, five years later, clean and sober. And uh, yeah, it's all because of Salvation Army, definitely. There's no question about that. Vancouver Harbor Light offers a whole range of programming. A continuum of care that includes community meals, shelters, detox, residential addiction treatment, a correctional halfway house, low-income housing, and much more. As a Salvation Army facility, a key component of Harbor Light's programming is spiritual care. And one aspect of spiritual care is play. We may not think of play as a spiritual exercise, but it is. Just ask the Harbor Light staff. Hi, uh, I'm Cindy. I'm the Community Engagement Coordinator in Vancouver Harbor Light. My name is John. I'm the Spiritual Care Director at Harbor Light on uh, Vancouver's downtown east side. Thank you and welcome to the Salvations Podcast. So I wonder if we can start with you uh, explaining how the play program at Vancouver Harbor Light began. Where did the idea come from? Counselors here at Harbor Light occasionally took uh, clients in the recovery program for hikes, um, but it was not regular, it was semi-regular. And then a Salvation Army officer, Major Henry, took on the role of spiritual care director some years ago, and he started to do regular monthly hikes with the guys. When he moved on to um, 
another posting, I took on his role as spiritual care director, and we simply continued the monthly hikes, uh, but we branched out to other activities as well. All right. And what kind of activities do you do on a regular basis? We've done a variety of activities in the last five or six years. Um, physical, recreational activities like hiking, biking, rock climbing. Uh, we've gone to sporting events like Canucks game. Um, we've also included cultural and uh, musical activities in there as well, like museum visits. We've gone to hear symphony concerts uh, uh, and so on. So we try to do a combination of both uh, physical and uh, cultural and social hmm. activities. That sounds like so much fun. Which of those tend to be the most popular with your folks? I would say the ones that are most popular are the ones that have to do with uh, with speed. Uh, <laughs> Go-karting and tubing. <laughs> nice. So during go-karting, for instance, a, a client told just recently said, wow, I got a better high from go-karting than I did from drugs. <laughs> well, I think we're doing something, something good here. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I haven't been go-karting for many years, but I have fond, fond memories of going around the track. So um, so it's funny, right? We don't necessarily associate recovery with play. And of course, recovery can be a long and complex process for many people. I wonder if you could talk about how play contributes to recovery. Yeah, I think play is a very crucial part of recovery. Play shows clients like another outlet where they can de-stress. And uh, most people do not fall into addictions because they like the drug, but because it is a coping mechanism for life trauma or in difficult uh, life situation. And that's why in Harbor Light, um, we like to have a holistic approach to recovery. And not only do we do the medical part, um, the detox, the counseling, the treatment, and offer spiritual support, um, which are all very important too, but we also encourage clients to grow holistically by discovering hobbies, engaging in community, and playing. And for our Harbor Light team, our counselors are very supportive of this. They go on outings with them, and this gives a chance for clients to build relationship with their counselors and get to know a side of them outside of the Harbor Light facility while they're enjoying the same activity. And uh, many of our clients have very difficult childhoods. Um, they have a lack of parental figures to go for guidance and or to look up to or to teach them how to cope with stress. And um, some clients only have gang members as role models growing up. And some clients just have never seen things that um, they have went on uh, go-karting before. They've never went on go-karting before. They've never went um, on a nature hike before. They've never been outside the city before. It's a lot of firsts for um, our clients. And that's as adults, um, we are expected to have um, a certain level of social skills and certain level of resilience that we learn through our childhood, our youth, which takes a lot of time and how to interact with people, these unspoken rules that we all have, but um, our clients never really have that. So as an adult, where do you go to learn all these skills? Where do you, what opportunities do you have when the society already expects you to have them? Society is not so tolerant of um, maybe you making like a weird gesture when you're an adult versus when you're a child or a kid. But in these outings, it gives them that chance to kind of learn that again. It gives them a safe and a trusted environment with a group of people who who, it's a safe space for them to kind of essentially discover these skills and to learn and build those um, um, interactions again, which would in, in turn help them with um, job, with their um, building, uh, repairing 
um, family relationships with family and building uh, supportive communities and groups, which is very a very important part of recovery to not be isolated and have a supportive mm-hmm. community they can fall back to. That's so true. And it's so fascinating to think, you know, we take the idea of play as a child for granted, and yet that's really not everyone's experience. And it's really eye-opening to just even think of it from that perspective. Like, how do people learn how to play if they're never given the opportunity? Um, It sounds like this program is a really healing experience for for a lot of the clients. and I note that this program falls under the Harbor Light Spiritual Care Program. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how play can actually be a spiritual experience, not just fun, as it were. I think um, we approach, as, as chaplains, uh, we approach life um, from the perspective that we can't compartmentalize uh, human experience or separate our our human side from from our our divine side um, and we think that play involves a, a shared experience of body mind and spirit for instance nature activities surrounded by creation and all that means well we hope that points to a creator um, a client once mentioned that uh, when he's on our outings he he feels like a human um, we believe just like God created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh, as humans were made in his image, we're made for purposeful work, but for rest as well. And uh, recreation, uh, I've heard it said, really can be interpreted as recreation. We recreate something. It's not just empty and void. It's actually have a purpose for it, to it. And uh, we think that everyone needs that recreation, needs that rest, including our clients who do the hard work of recovery for for a whole week. And we see recreation and play as part of God's creation story and also theirs. So on a spiritual level, we're offering the the clients the opportunity to rediscover their their own creation story, if you want to put it that way, where once their identity was that of a drug addict, that's not who God made them to be. They're actually children of God who, who were made for a purpose and have personal interests Delight, uh, to delight uh, uh, in God and, and, and his creation and the surroundings that he put in the world around us. Whereas the drugs, we believe, are the devil's foothold in their lives. After all, the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. And we re- see recreation as part of God's um, invitation to, to redeem their lives, to redeem what the devil has done in their lives. In my addiction years, you isolate, right? It's no news for anyone, but you isolate a lot. And I'm an outgoing guy, and I love people. But that addiction eliminated that out of my life. And when they came and told me that we have softball and we have all these, you know, <laughs> great. That's going to bring unity back, you know, and a family pretty much, you know, camaraderie. And that's what really... I enjoyed the most, you know, the camaraderie. So the softball is great. It's awesome. I wish I could play, but I'm so busy right now. (laughs) Working here and trying to cope with everything. And every time they play, uh, I end up working. But next year, I promise that I will be back. I told them. And then there's also the the, the great uh, camp, Sunrise. 
uh, that was also a very interesting um, experience. You know, beautiful sight, and uh, again, it brought unity. You know, um, it just opens everybody up, mm. meaning that you, you there's no shyness. You can speak to your peers right. about whatever's happening, you know. And frankly, I think that that should be applicable to every human being on earth. But I guess uh, in a weird way, us addicts are blessed <laughs> in a certain way, you know, to, to, to discover the way, to rediscover the way to communicate. That's a big miss right. in the world, right, to my opinion. What do you think it is about the plague program that actually creates that kind of camaraderie? Like what, what is sort of special or unique about it? Well, the first thing that really helps is the fact that the chaplains are present. Uh, I've no, I've seen it. I've noticed it. That a lot of guys walk in here and say, I don't believe in anything. Sure enough, a few weeks down the road, huh, you see their change. The, you know, there's a change there. You know, might not be hundred uh, percent, but there's a change. You know, because we also have the music, the uh, the uh, I, I'll call it our orchestra, but and that's another great thing. You know, uh, during Christmas, uh, having our choir go sing for the elderly, see the joy that's coming out in their faces. You know, uh, last time I went. I was amazed because I walked in there and I saw some people who had dementia. And it's the first time ever in my whole life experience that I've came face to face with a person that had hardcore dementia. And I saw the emptiness in their eyes, like, you know, looking in the emptiness. But when we started playing, the smile came in. You saw that it brought it, it like it woke them up, you know. It was it was really special, but all of that really is because it's thanks to the uh, the chaplain. Uh, you know, back in the day we had Chaplain Mike, Michael. Uh, he was the uh, the band, uh, I guess, the music coordinator. music coordinator, and of course we have Mr. John Polkey, which is an amazing band. But just the presence of the chaplains, I think, it just brings peace to everyone somehow. I'm Catholic, and I'm, I'm a believer. I believe 100%. I grew up in church <laughs> and all that. Um, so I think this is the, the, the critical point. I don't think we would get the same result if there would be no chaplains, frankly. If it would just be normies like normies, if I may say that, like us, you know, there's a wisdom somewhere that is applicable and we don't have. And they just, you know, they transfer it to us. So, yeah. Thinking back on your experience as a client in the play program, are there any particular memories that stand out for you? Yeah, when we won the cup. <laughs> it was funny because it was the the worst team's cup. But still, the worst team's cup. cup. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, tell me about this. Tell me about this. <laughs> yeah, it's a big competition, right? Every year we have the softball, uh, I guess, tournament. tournament. 
Yeah, yeah. And we ended up being the worst of the best teams, at the best of the worst teams. <laughs> and we won the cup of it. <laughs> so I was really happy. Yeah, that was a really good. Uh, we brought it back. Oh, yeah. So I was told that it's been years since Salvation Army had won it. Oh, okay. And I was so happy yeah. that I was part of the crew that brought it back. <laughs> nice. So is this something that's played among um, various shelters in Vancouver or? Recovery homes, mostly. Recovery homes. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much every recovery house has their own softball team. And then we're together. And uh, it's a, a beautiful day. It's a gathering. We're talking like you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. They have a barbecue and uh, a nice, you know, again, unity at uh, the beginning. And at the end, we do our big circle, you know, and we say what we need to say in recovery. So it's it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty nice. And then you see the guys that are just not sports fanatics and they give their heart. And yeah. so <laughs> they're burnt, they're hurting, <laughs> but they, they know, yeah. you know, it's super cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, some might have a question around, you know, why are we taking folks out on a, you know, a, a ski trip? Why are we taking people who are in recovery out to museums? Um, do you think there's some misunderstandings around how play can be a part of recovery? Yeah, I definitely do think um, not everyone in the community, but um, there are some um, uh, uh, community members who might have a misunderstanding of like why we take clients to outings and why we take um, them to play. And I understand that this comes from um, a lot of the times this comes from um, uh, an, an emotion of care and love because they feel like clients should um, we should give clients like the opportunity to have jobs. We should give clients the opportunity um, to have uh, medical support and stuff. But I think sometimes we get so focused and honed in on that, that we forget that as a human being, um, we are holistic human beings. That's how God made us to be. We have different needs in different areas in our lives. We have physical needs, which our medical team and our um, kitchen team, our community meals program um, supports. We have, um, uh, kind of mental needs, um, which um, our counselors are here for, and and our life skills. But we also have um, recreational needs. We need we need communities. We need um, to have fun, and and uh, our mental health, our emotional health. Um, we're all created to live in community and to play and to relax, as as well as um, getting jobs. So um, these are very important um, concepts that I think. Um, um, that sometimes like um, people, there might be a misunderstanding or like a lack of like, oh, th those are not the support that we need. But, you know, when when a client is feeling really stressed, like after if they graduated and they're really feeling stressed on their job, then what do they do? And if we have never empower or um, give them a platform to learn how to de-stress, then there is a chance that um, the client might relapse and go back into um, drugs because once they're stressed, like like what I mentioned about, like a lot of people, they don't go, they don't fall into addictions because of drugs because they're trying to handle stress or uh, it's a way to cope with um, difficult situations. So when clients are presented 
in difficult situations at work, difficult situations with maybe family or something like that, um, then if they don't know how to build a support system, then where do they go? If we have never taught them that in our program, um, then how do we expect them to have a sustainable um, uh, recovery lifestyle and to have a sober lifestyle? So um, I think that is very, very crucial. And I feel like there is, I'm not saying that our other programs are not, they definitely are very crucial as well. But I think everything needs to kind of work together. And I'm really happy and really glad that in Harbor Light, um, our staff team understands that. So everybody, um, even if we're in a cross-functional team, like we are all very supportive of each other's programs. Like our counselors understand, our detox teams understand the importance of of our uh, this, this play program or spiritual care and our spiritual care program really understands and, and work really well with everybody. And I think that essentially really is what clients need. It takes a whole team. I'm one of our, our um, one of our staff members that it takes a whole team. It takes a village really to, to support one person um, to in, in their recovery journey. And I think like this play part is uh, very essential in that. Because when you're in addiction, you just forget about everything. Just you have one mission is to get what you need. You know, and you'll you'll use any means possible to to get, get that. Right? To get the fix, regardless of the what your uh, drug of choice is. Uh, some they go to the extreme, some not so much, some are workaholics like me and just work. Eight days a week, <laughs> and do what they want. They do what they need to do after work, you know. But these experiences, it just shows you how life can be so simple and wonderful at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. without being in there. Hmm. It sounds like this played a pretty pivotal role in your recovery journey. Oh, it did definitely, a hundred percent. I'm really happy. It happened. I wish it would have happened earlier. I'm not young anymore. I'm not that old, but I'm not young anymore. But hey, age is a man's invention. So. <laughs> and you mentioned you haven't been able to uh, play softball recently, but you're going to get back into it soon. Yeah. Next year, when the tournament comes in, I promised Thomas, who's in charge of uh, or- organizing this, Thomas Chang, I told him next week I'm there. And hopefully you can uh, bring the cup back to Harbor Light again. Yeah. <laughs> well, this time I hope maybe middle. Somewhere in the middle. Not the worst. Not the worst. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, keep your expectations uh, reasonable. Higher. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so yeah. much for sharing your experience with me and with our listeners. Um, it's really been a pleasure meeting with you and hearing about your recovery journey. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Salvationist podcast. For more episodes, visit salvationist.ca slash podcast.